1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And this morning, I want to ask you a very important question. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? So the message for today is going to be, why don't you think about some bigger goals and think about how you can protect yourself and protect your family? But what would you do if you could do something and know that you would not fail? Important thing to think about. So I'd like to begin this morning by saying hello to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Mike. So today we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but mostly we're going to talk about how to manage your finances and your money during a pandemic. Because we have never historically seen a time like this in the country. Not even during World War II was it this bad financially and economically. Our national debt is now far greater than what it was during World War II. Mm-hmm. That was just in the news this past week. There are a lot of similarities between World War II and some of the other major crises we've had in this country but we've never experienced a time when we have both a severe economic crisis and a severe medical crisis. So the first recommendation today is everybody ought to be wearing a mask whenever you're out in public or stay socially distant, but it's such a really important thing to do. You know, one of my favorite characters from the past is uh, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, He played quarterback for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and He had some interesting things to say. He said, as a player, it says everything about you if you made the Hall of Fame. But then again, boy, there's something about winning a Super Bowl. And that's true, isn't it? Very. You know, we admire a lot of sports figures. And um, Tom Brady, I'm still a big fan of Tom Brady. There's nobody who's worked harder than him. Mm -hmm. There's nobody who prepared more than him for every game. He's always the first person out on the field. But... um, Quarterbacks, I think, can teach us some interesting things. Uh, Terry Bradshaw also said once, what's the worst thing that can happen to a quarterback? He loses his confidence. So what would you do if you knew that you would not fail? You'd probably try more things. You'd probably try larger goals and bigger goals. Today we want to talk about some things that are happening in our community or happening in our country And boy, you've got to maintain confidence during this time period, for one thing. It's critical to do that. But the other thing you have to do is you have to be willing to try new things. I'd like to start by giving a big shout-out to Bay Coast Bank. Uh, It happens to be a bank where um, I have my accounts and office accounts and so forth. They've done a magnificent job with telling people and educating their customers and the public about how to apply for PPP funds, uh, Paycheck Protection Program loans, and the EIDL funds. The, uh, they've just done a really magnificent job. Their web transmissions have been phenomenal. So I think one of the things you might see during this time period is that sometimes local banks are doing a better job at keeping track of their customers and telling their customers how to handle their finances maybe even bigger, better than some of the bigger banks are doing. And um, Wells Fargo, for example, didn't immediately accept PPP applications, but the local banks were accepting them. I actually had calls from uh, a lawyer friend of mine in Fall River who asked me what bank I was doing business with, and I said, go check out Bay Coast Bank. They're doing a really terrific job. So I think we've all seen those kinds of experiences Some local businesses have done a really good job at managing and adapting and trying new things. Mm -hmm. Others haven't. The company that used to be called, the restaurant that used to be called Not Your Average Joe's is now Mm -hmm. called Joe's Original. They've done a wonderful job. They've got outdoor seating for tables. They Mm -hmm. have done a great job with takeout. They come and bring it right out to your car like the old-fashioned drive-in restaurants mm-hmm. or drive-in movie theaters used to. Mike, did you ever go to a drive-in movie? Many years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. That kind of dates us a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. There are still some around, though. Yeah, there are. And um, some of them have come back. They're kind of fun. 
Um, so I wonder how many people in our office have ever been to a drive-in movie. Probably not younger people, I suppose. Well, not unless they went to one recently. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll come back. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, the fact that p- most people have an emotional relationship with money. It might not seem like you know the time to get touchy-feely, but basically what drives most of our financial decisions and allows us to control our money is how it affects us emotionally. So, for example, if you're under stress, sometimes you feel less stressed if you go out and spend money on something. So what we're doing here is we're encouraging people to think more clearly and more carefully about how you're spending money. We always recommend that people start out with a budget, for example. And if you're going to have a budget, then you ought to have some financial goals. So one of my goals during this time period was to say, what kind of things can you uh, put money on that will reduce any of your debt? So if you're fortunate enough that you're still working or you receive some of the additional unemployment compensation funds while those were being paid, um, did you use some of that money to perhaps pay down some debt? Because it's really an important thing to do. So have a budget. If you don't know how you're spending money, then you're going to be more tempted to go out and spend money without really thinking about it. In any event, um, do a budget, set some goals, and say, I want to save money, I want to set aside an emergency fund. But use your budget to set some priorities. and Keep it flexible. Things change. Um, think about what your electric bill is going to cost, what your rent's going to cost, and make sure you've got the money put aside for those things. Uh, there's a program in um, the Boston area called Budget Buddies. It's a nonprofit organization that uh, coaches mostly low-income women. And Budget Buddies is something that people could look at if they want some help. Or you can give us a call at 508-998-8858. We'll always be happy to give you budget forms. There's no charge. There's no obligation. Mm-hmm. And I know you do the same thing in the law firm, Mike. Well, we do a client intake form. We don't work on the financial side. We we look at assets and try and um, sometimes protect assets from nursing homes or estate tax. So we try and get a, a you know an idea of the total value of the estate. Mm-hmm. I suppose most people today probably have some kind of a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And if you have a cell phone, you can put apps on, uh, for example. Uh, you can put a mobile app on your cell phone that would allow you to track every single thing that you spend money on. And it only takes about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how small. And then you can print it out into categories and show uh, exactly where your money's going. But um, that's a great way to track expenditures. And I think especially today because a lot of people are putting uh, everything they spend on a debit card. Mm-hmm. And this is just a great way to, um, to track what you're spending money on. Mm-hmm. So um, what if you needed a financial coach? I wonder how many people listening today would like to have a financial coach. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what we do. We look at the total picture of all of your finances. But if you want information on financial coaching, again, give us a call. And by all means, this is a critical time to put something aside every week for an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. I don't care how little money you're making. I don't care if it's $5 a week or $15 a week. Put something aside for an emergency fund. And you want to be able to build up at least $300, $500. You can raise that money fairly quickly, and that needs to be kept for that purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're doing that, what you don't want to do is have your checking account and your savings account linked together because it'll be too tempting to move money from your savings account that you've been saving money mm-hmm. and putting it back over into your checking account. So try to keep them separate, otherwise you're gonna have a harder time um, getting into the habit of savings. And saving money uh, is absolutely strictly a habit. This is a, also a very difficult time for um, the elderly, whether it's a rent payment to pay, um, Let's assume that most elderly people today are already receiving Social Security. That hasn't changed. They're still getting those funds. If they're over 65 and they're on Medicare insurance, that hasn't changed. But 
if you have Medicare insurance coverage, if you're over the age of 65, I wonder how many people have taken the right steps to get a Medicare supplement policy in place. And I think a lot of people probably haven't done that. Um, around the fall of every year, typically between October and December, mid-October, mid-December, is the time when you can change your plan if you want to for a Medicare supplement. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is really worth taking a look at each and every single year. The plans change every year. And you don't know whether you're paying too much money, um, whether there's a better program out there. We've got something wonderful in the community called Shine Counselors. So we don't get into evaluating the different programs for Medicare Supplement in the office, but we'll be happy to refer you to a Shine Counselor. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all they do, and uh, they're very good at it. So, Mike, at this time of year, we start to think as we come into the fall about year-end tax planning also. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many unusual changes this year in the tax laws that we need to think about um, looking at a year-end checklist for tax planning. If somebody is interested, um, then we can, can be happy to furnish them a year-end checklist. And uh, we pick up a lot of information from Ed Slot Advisors and other companies. And it's not too early to start doing that right now. Mm -hmm. You can set up an IRA account. If you can afford to put money into an IRA account, you can do so now. You can also do it up until April 15th of the following tax year. You can put money in even next year, which What's counts as a contribution for this year. Oh, okay. So the benefit of actually funding an IRA for this year is that you can you you can only put a certain amount of money in an IRA. Yes. Correct. So right. the benefit of doing it now is that you get one distribution this year and then another next. Uh, you can do it, and we've done that for clients. We've had clients that have had $13,000, for example, so they put $6,500 in for the current year, mm -hmm. um, but then they can do another 6500 for next year. So what if they didn't right. get around to doing it this tax year? All the way up until April 15th of the following year, they can still put in that same $13,000 hmm. and have half of that count back towards the current year okay. or the prior year. Mm -hmm. So uh, the rules for contributing to IRA accounts are a little complicated. If you can afford to do it, you absolutely want to do it, especially if your income isn't terribly high. You can make it as a deductible contribution, so you can deduct the contribution amount off your income taxes. <clears throat> so we've got lots and lots of great information about IRA accounts and naming beneficiaries and things of that nature. I want to give another quick quotation from uh, Terry Bradshaw. He said, you've got to stand up and do your own battles. My daddy taught me that a long time ago, that you fight your own battles. The only way to shut everybody up is to win. Hmm. I guess that's a good football mentality. Yeah, absolutely. He won a Super Bowl, I think. I think he did. I don't yeah. know the track record of the Steelers. Back in the 70s, I believe. Was it that long ago, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> was I functioning back then? He's on ESPN now, I think, or one of those uh, yes. networks. Yep, he is. You know, one of the best uh, investment advisors that has ever um, been in that business in this country is a gentleman named Peter Lynch, and he worked for Fidelity. I think he ran the Magellan Fund. And um, basically, he was talking about investing in businesses. And he said, go for a business that any idiot can run, because sooner or later, any idiot is probably going to run it. Hmm. So do you have an update on Terry Bradshaw? I actually didn't get to read that whole uh, thing. <laughs> so one of the benefits of sitting here and with the internet now. Oh, I, I guess he had four Super Bowl titles. Four Super Bowl titles. Yeah, the Steelers back in when they were really... In their heyday. Yeah. Yeah. What does Tom Brady have, five or six? Six. Six. Been to nine, one six. Well, that's probably all he's ever going to get then, right? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Down in Tampa. <laughs> doesn't look good. No. Well, I mean, I, I still wonder whether we're truly going to have a football season. You know, nobody knows, do they? They're doing it with baseball. You yeah. know, they're doing it with basketball and hockey. Mm -hmm. They did it over in Europe with... Uh, 
football over there, you know, which is soccer, European football. Yeah. Soccer. Okay. Um, I think they could do it. Yeah. Well, um, one of the people who's always been a favorite of mine is uh, Peter Lynch, and I've always followed a lot of his investment advice when looking at things. And he also said, Peter Lynch, everyone has the brain power to follow the stock market. If you made it through fifth grade math, you can do it. So think about that. I don't know how true that is. Do you agree with that one, Mike? I'm not sure if you agree with that one. (laughs) Well, anyway... um, I'm not a big fan of the stock market as people get into retirement categories. As people get older and more retirement, mm-hmm. I tell them to get more conservative yep. because you don't necessarily have enough time to make up for losses in the market if you have losses there. So we always need to think about that. But for year-end tax planning, this is important for everybody. I've got clients that have retired. Um, maybe they don't have an actual retirement plan, but they've got Social Security but it's not quite enough to live on, and it wasn't really designed to be enough to substitute your regular income. Mm-hmm. It's intended to be a safety net. And so a lot of people say, well, I want to have a part-time job. And then they're very concerned about exactly how much money they can make without having it take away money from their Social Security mm-hmm. or without having the Social Security taxed. Mm-hmm. Here's a really quick rule, rule of thumb. Some people start taking Social Security at age 62, 63, 64. If you take it before full retirement age, which for a lot of people is 66 or close to 67, Mm -hmm. and you still work, you have to be careful about how much money you work, uh, how much money you make. Yeah. Because if you make a fairly good size amount of money, let's say you're still working full-time and collecting Social Security, Mm -hmm. For every $2 that you make over roughly seventeen dollars or $18,000, the federal government takes back $1 from your Social Security check. Mm-hmm. So what, what that means is you applied too early for Social Security, you continue to work, and you're not going to get the bucks right away. They'll make it up to you later. Mm-hmm. But it's not a good thing to do if you don't really need it. Wait as long as you can. On the other hand, uh, once you reach full retirement age, 66, and for some people it's now 66 and a half, then once you reach the full retirement age, then there's no such similar restriction. You can still earn as much as you want without losing the dollars. Hmm. And that doesn't address the tax problem. Right. So if you make more than a certain amount of money, then a portion of your Social Security, up to as much as 85% of your Social Security check, will be included in your gross income. Hmm. The rules are complicated. We're happy to sit down with anybody who's thinking about taking Social Security, and we'll go through it with you. But do think about setting up an IRA account. If you have the resources to do it, uh, if you can afford it, absolutely Mm -hmm. um, put money into a retirement account. If you're working for a company that has a 401k account Mm -hmm. and you're not putting a lot of money in there, and you can afford it, maybe you think about putting more money into your 401k account every week. But uh, definitely do that, and um, we've got lots and lots of guidance on IRA accounts. You know, this past week I I met with somebody who's um, still working, but they have a 401k account at work, and it's got a couple hundred thousand dollars in it. They're not happy with the performance because they're investing through the company's retirement advisor, and the stock market has taken a beating, although it's been doing le- better lately, mm-hmm. and they want to be more cautious. One of the things you can still do while you're working, and you have a 401k account, and you want to diversify a little bit, you can do what's called an in-service distribution, pull money out of your 401k account, mm-hmm. and transfer it over to an IRA account. Hmm. You have a lot better investment choices if you do that. Um, So here's a couple of quick rules. You have to be at least 59 and a half years of age. Um, You have to talk to your company, but most company plans will allow you to take it out once you're 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. I did a very large one once for a client. Um, And then you can continue contributing to the 401k account out of your paycheck every week. Hmm. So you take a block of money out of your 401k account, transfer it over to an IRA, 
It's a tax-free event. There's no tax consequences in doing that. Um, but now you've got some better choices that you might want to make to invest your money and protect your money. Hmm. So don't think you have to wait until you're fully retired before you move your 401k. Hmm. You don't have to as long as you're 59 and a half. Interesting. We've done a lot of that over the years. We're happy to talk to folks about that. But here's another big mistake that people make. Um, they retire from a company, they had a 401k, and now it's a couple of years later and the money's still sitting in the 401k account. Mm. That's a mistake. I had a case like that this past week. Somebody retired two years ago. Mm-hmm and just left their money in the 401k. They didn't get any advice about what to do with it. And in this case, um, this person didn't have children, so the company is not gonna wanna continue that 401k for the benefit of the named beneficiaries. They wanna get the money out. Hmm. And in many, many cases, sometimes including with children, the money has to get paid out in one year Wow. If that happens, it's a tax disaster. So think about having um, money that goes to three children, and let's say it's $200,000 each. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that comes out in one year after the parent dies, that's $200,000 of ordinary income taken out that one year, mm-hmm. gets added on top of their regular income, puts them in a higher tax bracket, and they're going to lose even more money. Yeah. So we can help with those kinds of situations. And um, another quick reminder for uh, calendar year 2020, if you have a retirement account, an IRA, and it doesn't matter what your age is, let's assume you're over the normal time when you would typically be taking out your minimum distribution, Mm -hmm. you don't have to take anything out at all for 2020. So that's for IRAs and 401ks, correct? Any kind of a qualified account. It could yep. be an IRA, a 401k, a 403b. And so you don't have to take your minimum distribution. We've got a number of clients that have taken advantage of that. They didn't really need the money. And so let it sit and continue to work for you and grow tax-deferred. Mm-hmm. Don't take it if you don't need it. Next year, you do have to take out a minimum distribution. Okay. The other really important thing that happened um, this year, there are two or three other really important investment things that people should know about with retirement accounts, is it used to be that once you reach the age of 70, you could no longer contribute money into an IRA account. Hmm. Um, If you're at work, you could still do that. So what happens is um, under the new tax bills passed this year, you can be any age at all and still put money aside into an IRA account. Hmm. Interesting. And that can be a great thing for many, many people to do. I don't care if you've been taking minimum distributions in the past, you're over the age for taking minimum distributions, you can still contribute to an IRA account no matter your age. So hmm. if you're working and you want to do that, it's a great, great way to reduce your tax burden hmm. and put some money aside for retirement. And um, the last thing I guess I'll mention really quickly as far as IRAs are concerned is it used to be that once you reached the age of 70 and a half, you had to start taking out minimum distributions. Mm -hmm. That age has now been raised to age 72. Okay. So that's a good thing. I actually met with someone recently who has, who's not married, no kids, but has quite a bit of money in, in retirement accounts. And one thing that she wants to do is make um, gifts to charities. Okay. So I know that if you have money, you can talk about this more, but if you have money in an IRA or retirement account, you want to give it to a charity, there's a certain way to do that. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep, it's called a qualified charitable distribution. Yeah. And so as we get near the end of this uh, particular calendar year, um, you're allowed to put money in directly from the IRA into a charity so let's say you've done this in the past you've had to take a minimum distribution from your ira account Mm -hmm. but then you also want to support your local church or charity or whatever and you want to write a check to them for a thousand dollars and so you take your minimum distribution and then with after-tax money you go ahead and make your gift to charity but you only get a 50 percent deduction if you itemize your deductions Hmm. So if you gave $1,000, you're limited to 
$500 as a deduction. Right. Um, what they have now is something called a qualified charitable distribution. Yeah. So instead of taking money directly to yourself as a minimum distribution, mm-hmm. you have the money go directly to the charity. Yeah, and that's a good, seems like a good option if you don't need to take distributions or if for some reason you don't want to take a distribution. Well, if, from a tax point of view, yeah. you'll usually come up uh, much better to do yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other thing that, uh, the last thing I will say, I keep using that same phrase, is this is the time of year and this is the time in our economy when you might want to think about doing a Roth conversion. So let's say you have an existing traditional IRA and you said, gee, I wish I had that in a Roth account instead because if you have it in a Roth, you never have to take a distribution. Hmm. You can pass it along to family, Hmm. uh, much more money. So what you can do now with a Roth, (coughs) pardon me, losing my voice here, Um, you can convert the traditional IRA into a Roth. That involves tax consequences. You have to pay the income taxes on that. And so you pay the income tax, you take the net proceeds, or better yet, you pay the income tax from another source of money, Mm -hmm. and you now have a Roth IRA that can continue to grow as a regular IRA does but you never have to take a distribution from it. Hmm. So if you're not going to need that money in retirement and you just want to pass along as much as possible to family, let's say, mm-hmm. that can be a very interesting way to handle that. Hmm. So you don't have to take distributions. If you pass away, do the beneficiaries then have to take them nope. over a certain period of time? Okay, nope. that's interesting. So we'd be happy to go through that with people, and why would you want to do it? Well, there's lots of reasons to do it. There's some really other interesting tax strategies. If you're looking for ways to make more money for your family, protect more money for your family, and I'll describe it very simply. It's a little bit more complicated, so it's the kind of thing that's better off discussed in the office. You mm-hmm. know, Make an appointment and call us at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to go through all the math with you and show you computer examples and everything Mm -hmm. else. Let's say that you're a person that has enough income from other sources and you don't really need the distributions coming out of your IRA account. We've talked about this a little bit before. What you can do instead is take the distribution from your traditional IRA money, pay the income taxes on it, and then take the net proceeds. So let's say you had to pull out $20,000. Maybe you're going to pay $5,000 in taxes on it. You've now got $15,000 of money left over that you don't really need. Mm-hmm. Use that money to pay the premiums on a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And you now have the leveraging effect of the uh, insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying $15,000 a year, Maybe that's going to buy you a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. Right. And when your beneficiaries receive that life insurance uh, uh, benefit later, the the proceeds, that's tax free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a way you can increase the size of your estate and create a tax free asset for your family. And I know there are some really in- interesting life insurance options these days. With even I think some have long term care. Right. A lot of the, that's a good question, Mike. A lot of the, a lot of the policies today have what's called a living benefit rider, mm-hmm. and so let's say you had a two hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy, and when that policy comes um, gets issued, it has a living benefit rider. You pay a little bit more in premium for that benefit, mm-hmm. but then if you have to go to a nursing home later, um, and you need money, you can pull out up to the two hundred thousand dollar death benefit. Mm-hmm. And use those monies to pay towards either at-home care or care in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, or some people, are opposed to getting long-term care insurance just on its own because they're afraid that what if I never use it? So, well, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. So if you have this kind of a policy, that's really interesting. Um, there's two ways you should buy life insurance today. One is to think about having a living benefit rider because. If you need the money, maybe you've taken other assets and set up um, an irrevocable trust mm-hmm. with the law firm like that right. you and Tenny do, 
and you put the house and other significant assets into the irrevocable trust, mm-hmm. there's a five-year look-back period. Right. But after that, those assets are protected from the nursing home. Mm-hmm. And what if you kept the remaining life insurance policy as a benefit? Right. So now if you have to go to a nursing home, you could extract what would otherwise be death benefit proceeds mm-hmm. and put that money towards the nursing home. Right. So lots of interesting things. Uh, here's a quick quotation from Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch once said, don't bottom fish. Okay. <laughs> don't think you're going to buy stock at the lowest possible price. You can't uh, yeah. time the market or predict the market. And he also said, you get recessions, you have stock market declines. If you don't understand that's going to happen, then you're not ready. You won't do well in the markets. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good investment advice from Peter Lynch. I've got a bunch more, but um, some of them I won't use. I'll I'll save them for another time. (laughs) We could go on for a long while with Peter Lynch, so I won't do that. Uh, Instead, I like... um, Oh, I like Jack Welch. I like Peter Drucker, who was a very famous uh, business person. And I'm also looking for something. um, Let's see, I had Henry Ford. I was looking for, who's the guy that used to be the catcher for the Yankees? Yogi Berra. I thought I had Yogi Berra quotes out here. I always (laughs) like Yogi Berra. Well, if we find the Yogi Berra quotes, I'm going to give you some Yogi Berra quotes. He once said, we made too many wrong mistakes. (laughs) We don't want you to make mistakes, ladies and gentlemen. We want you to do planning. We want you to protect your family. We want to make sure uh, that you get proper financial advice. Do you know what every single financial advisor says the most important things you could do? Get your estate plan in order. Oh, yeah. That's number one on their list. Get your estate plan in order because if you don't, if you die with no will, mm. or if you die with a will, your estate gets to go through probate, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Um, we have a, a client who never executed a will. He passed away sort of suddenly. Um, didn't have any kids, no surviving parents. So his heirs are his siblings. One is in a Alzheimer's facility out in California. Oh, my gosh. Under legal guardianship. And then the other one is going to decline to serve so it's going to be a nephew who has to do this and it's a mess Mm -hmm. (laughs) he could have executed a will and made it a lot simpler or a trust well not only that if if those are going to be his beneficiaries as well Mm -hmm. why would you ever want part of your estate to go to somebody who's in a nursing home with alzheimer's exactly guess who's going to get the money right the state the state or the nursing home is going to get the money yep well you have to plan Uh, I mean, even Yogi Berra thought about planning. He said, if you don't know where you're going, you might wind up someplace else. Mm. But there's a lot of truth to that (laughs) dumb expression, isn't there? (laughs) Well, um, so the problem is if you have no will, Mike, and if you have, or if you have a will, Mm -hmm. in either case, your estate gets to go through probate. Right. And it depends on how assets are held, but generally that's true. Yeah. And that's more expensive than going through trust administration yeah, and later. Yeah, it, it takes time, and then, you know, who knows who's going to be involved, like in this situation. I'm sure if you had asked him when he was alive, would you want your nephew to have to go through the whole probate process, he would have said no. Right. You know? And so think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Avoid probate whenever you can. Mm-hmm. If you have sufficient assets, you absolutely should be doing a trust. And you got to make a decision at some time. Yeah. Why? Because the other thing that Yogi Berra said was, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> I like Yogi Berra. Yeah. I wonder sometimes, uh, I know he said a lot of dumb things, but I wonder if then that became part of his shtick. Probably. That he yeah. invented some of these things because everybody laughed at him. <laughs> Probably, huh? Yeah, I would think so. Well... Uh, I'll give you one more, and then we'll move on a little bit from there. If people don't want to come out to the ballpark, nobody's going to stop them. (laughs) There's someone stopping them now. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, now we have um, um, silhouettes or little cutouts up in the ball stands. Yep, or the the seats are just completely covered. 
Yep. I did see in Europe they have some fans back in the stands now. Do they? At the the soccer games, yeah. Yep. They're all separated, you know, but they're there. So you could have a fan in one seat and a dummy in the next seat. Yeah. You could (laughs) hug a dummy. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yep. Here's a question that uh, was posed recently. I had somebody who said, I have been paying my business expenses from my personal accounts. How big a problem is this? And that can be a problem. It's a terrible idea generally because it opens up the possibility if you're paying your business expense with your personal checkbook, you may be creating personal liability for yourself. So lawyers have chimed in on this question. Um, And that's why, as we've talked about fairly recently, a lot of small business owners create uh, corporations or limited liability companies so they can limit their protection to uh, business assets as much as possible. So don't pay your business expenses out of your personal accounts. Uh, never, ever a good idea to do that. And um, as we as we talk about um, how different people have invested over the years, I just read an article very recently, Mike, about Warren Buffett. He's one of my favorites. He always invests for the long term. He believes in compounding interest and don't buy something that you're not going to sit with for a very lengthy period of time. He's been probably one of the most successful, if not the most successful, investors uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. Unless you go back to the times of Hetty Green and the Witch of Wall Street yeah. and uh, Round Hill. She made a lot of money. So uh, Warren Buffett is uh, now 90 years old, hmm. and he's still working. Yeah, I guess he hasn't figured out all the answers yet. <laughs> I wonder who his heirs are. <laughs> well, um, I can tell you who his heirs are. Um, he's leaving most of his money to charity. Yeah. Um, and he's leaving you know, some money to his own family, obviously, but most of it's going to charity. Mm-hmm. But um, he basically has said that his model is that um, he plans for the long term. He plans... Uh, he has a story recently about his $300,000 haircut, and he calculated how much extra money he was spending on haircuts that he didn't need to. And if he had taken that money and invested it and let it compound, um, and this was back in when he was in his 20s, so it was like 70 years ago, if he had let that money compound instead of putting it all into a haircut, um, the money that he spent on haircuts would now be worth about $300,000 because mm. of the power of compounding. Interesting. And that's a really interesting thought for anybody listening because you think, well, this is just a small amount of money. We've talked in the past about how much money do you spend when you go and buy a a triple latte, you know, at your local coffee store. And what happens if you made your own coffee at home and brought it in in a cup instead? And how much money could you save? And if you took that extra money and saved it and it compounded, you wouldn't need a separate retirement account. You could retire on the savings on the compounding of what you spent. So you really need to think about how you spend your money and what you spend your money on. Um, every dollar that you spend today is $10 or $100 or $1,000 that you won't have in the future. Hmm. And you need to really think carefully about that. This is a fascinating article about the power of compounding interest. Uh, if anybody would like a copy... Give us a call. By the way, Mike, if if people are interested in meeting with you and exploring doing legal documents and trusts instead of wills or mm. trusts instead of nothing, right? Um, how would they reach you and what would you give to them? Yeah, you could give us a call at 508-998-8800 or send an email to info at lancelawinc.com. We can sit down and have a consultation, and our consultations are free for the most part. And then we'll review things and see if you need a will or a trust or what's appropriate for you. So, sure, give us a call. And, um, again, uh, there's lots of free reports that the law firm here has, too, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I know you get some of those reports from, what, the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys? Yeah, we are a member of the American Academy and the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, so we have great information from them, too. We can share that if you want, sure. One of the other great business people we've had in this country is a gentleman named uh, Peter Drucker, and he once said, business, that's easily defined. 
it's other people's money. Hmm. That's somewhat true right now for people who have been borrowing money from the SBA to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been widely reported, including this past weekend, that it's expected that a really significant number of small businesses in this country are going to go out of business permanently and will not be coming back. Yeah. I've seen stories about restaurants up in Boston that are closing that have been there for many, many years. Yeah, there was a story, um, the four or something? The fours, I think the it's fours. A, it was yeah. just the fours, yeah. 43 yeah. B- years in business at the same location. Yeah. They've now made the decision to close permanently. Yeah. And think about some of the other things that have happened uh, this past week. Um, I think it was United Airlines that announced a, they're going to lay off permanently 17,000 people. Yeah. American Airlines last week announced they were laying off 19,000 people. Mm-hmm. These are permanent job losses that... You know, it'll take a long, long time to come back, potentially. So anything you can do to save money, um, do so. Anything you can do to budget money, anything you can do to plan for the future is uh, critically important. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to retiring, um, um, I want to give you some tips about 401k accounts as well. Um, This is a recent article that I researched Uh, actually from the Boston Globe, five tips for 401ks. Mm. Don't act based on emotion. You cannot predict the future either. Nobody knows what the future is going to be. Did you know in January or February that we would be in the mess in this country that we're in? Nope. And I think it's far from over. Recent, very recent news said that the Midwest, which was largely untouched by the pandemic, mm-hmm. is now going through major hot spots and major increases in people being infected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa, for example, had virtually no cases, and now all of a sudden it's turning out loads and loads of cases. Mm-hmm. So we've got a medical problem that's not going to be solved quickly. We've got people who say that even if a virus comes out, they're not going to take it. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of people that still don't wear masks. Yeah. And, you know, you have to think about those things. But I think it's going to take a long time to repair the economy also, Mm -hmm. don't you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, The other thing is that, you know, these restaurants or businesses that are closing, there's no more rent to landlords. So the landlords in these empty buildings are not getting paid, you know. Yeah, New York City has been especially hard hit. Yeah. Um, We've got so much office space in New York City that is shut down. Yeah. We haven't really seen the end result of a lot of this yet. We haven't seen major bankruptcy filings yet, but I think that's going to be sort of like the third wave of the economy, economics of all this. Yeah, and people are moving out of cities because they don't want to be exposed to the coronavirus. They're going out to the suburbs, you know, so then there's less business for those businesses that are still around. (laughs) So it's a snowball effect. Well, once in a while you sit down and you think about the interdependence of all the businesses. You know, my local cleaners, well, for a while we were working from home. Mm -hmm. I wasn't bringing in five shirts a week to be cleaned at the cleaners. Um, And then we worked in the office without seeing clients for a while. We were dressing casually every single day. I wasn't bringing shirts to the cleaners. Mm -hmm. And I was getting all these notices and ads and specials and, you know, here's a discount coupon. Mm -hmm. Their business has been impacted by lots of people. Yep. We were talking about the sports earlier. All those businesses around, like the TD Garden area, sure, restaurants, bars—they're not making nearly as much as they did before. I opened up my closet door this morning to decide what I was going to wear today, and I looked at this whole row of suits and sport jackets, and I thought, I wonder if I'll ever wear these again. I'm certainly not going to go out and buy another one mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah, but. I haven't had a, a suit or a sport coat on for probably since first of March. Mm-hmm. And um, how about ties? Do you wear ties much, Mike? Not much. <laughs> I don't. I either. do have quite a few ties, though. Yeah, but. I do too. I've, I've never seen most of them, Mike. Yeah, I know. They get <laughs> bought and put in the closet, and that's it. <laughs> well, so I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with with a local bank official. And I've never met him before. Drove over to his bank. Um, I didn't wear a jacket, but I put a tie on. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, and he's wearing shorts and a a 
a sports shirt. <laughs> and I said, I, I'm really glad that I dressed up for you today and wore a tie. Yeah. And he says, oh, hell, he says, I don't wear ties at, at all anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> so we're, we're changing dress codes. We're changing buying codes. We're changing spending codes. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said, um, how many miles to the gallon does your car get? Mm-hmm. Oh, I get about um, three weeks to four weeks to, for a fill-up. Yeah, because <laughs> we're not driving as much anymore. Right, right. it's true. So it, it's it's the the economy has been so intertwined. Things that you would spend money on routinely in the past, mm. your your latte at the donut store, filling right. up your tank once a week with gas, we're just not doing those things anymore. Right, and it has a, a ripple effect, and then it becomes a waterfall effect, and mm-hmm. it's like Humpty Dumpty falling off the the wall. How do you put it all back together again? Yeah. Well, you have to think about your 401k. You have to think about your retirement accounts. You have to think about how you invested. Even if you're in a 401k right now with a company and you can't move it right now or don't want to move it right now, we can sit down with you and tell you maybe how you can adjust your pie chart, how you can decide what categories do you want to be in. And it's not necessarily bonds. If you think about it, interest rates are at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Um, the Federal Reserve rates are at an all-time low right now, mm-hmm. and therefore bonds are at an all-time low. So bonds are not necessarily the best place even to have your money. We don't give investment advice over the phone, um, and we've got people in the office who are licensed who can do that. and They can do something called a Morningstar analysis and plug in all your numbers mm-hmm. and tell you where your risk factors are. So if you are in the stock market, has your advisor ever given you a Morningstar analysis to tell you what you stand a chance on losing if the market takes another tumble? Mm-hmm. So I think we have to think about those things always. Um, you might want to consider working for a while longer if you're fortunate enough to be still employed. Um, even during a financial crisis, if you can continue to sock money aside, you should do that. Uh, can you defer property tax payments? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Have you thought about selling and moving? So ironically, single-family residential homes are at an all-time record, rapid sales um, timing. Hmm. Uh, property goes on the market, and two days later, it's under agreement. That's interesting. So yeah. maybe it's a time to sell your house hmm. and go move someplace else where the housing is cheaper. Yeah. Um, just a thought, but have you thought about that? Have you analyzed that? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the time to retire early, yeah. or maybe not. Maybe it's the time to continue working. <laughs> Remember also that um, you need to learn some new skills. If you have not done anything digitally before, it's still not too late to learn how to do things digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, th- do you do things uh, digitally, Mike? You watch Zoom conferences, for example? Yeah, we do Zoom conferences. I do, you know, online banking and yeah, we do all sorts of stuff digitally, so that's definitely an option. Yep. Well, we've got lots of interesting information. Even people who think that they're rich um are not necessarily wealthy. Um they put money in maybe things that are gonna go bust, um, or they don't put money in things that are going to go well. Um Elon Musk and his company, um, I forget the name of his company. Tesla. 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 They not only do cars now, they do storage batteries. Hmm. So you can buy a Tesla storage battery. If you've got solar on your roof, Hmm. you can have a Tesla storage battery and you can store up the excess energy. So if it's a cloudy day, Mm -hmm. you've still got electricity you can use. They do spaceships. They do spaceships. You're right. (laughs) You notice he didn't write on that one, though. No. I think he was <laughs> nervous about that. Yeah. Well, you have to make some plans. You have to think about things. Here's a quotation that I like. You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Good one from Abraham. Um, I wonder if anybody ever called him Abraham. I doubt it. I doubt it, too. Yeah. Well, we need to think about what can you do. And the most important thing is you need to do something always to protect your family. That's number one priority. Mm -hmm. And that means getting estate planning documents totally in place. Mm -hmm. It means 
having your estate plan reviewed, if you did it in the past, a long time ago, or if you did it with somebody else, give Mike a call, 508-998-8800. He's happy to review it. I don't think you'd charge for that. No. And tell you whether you're um, in good shape or whether you need to make some changes, or maybe something has happened into your family, in your family. Maybe somebody in your family that you've left part of your estate to has now got dementia, Mm. And you need to make that change. Why would you want to leave money to them necessarily? Right, right. Um, and we see that kind of thing a lot, don't we, Mike? Or if you have, you know, sometimes family situations change. If, you know, you name someone as an executor or a beneficiary and now you don't want them to be in that role, you know, or they, you don't want them to receive part of your estate, we can handle that. So, yeah, things change. Mm-hmm. That's why we say our clients come in every three to five years to review things and make sure everything's in order. What we specialize at you in at USA Wealth Group is protecting people's money, making sure people are investing conservatively in things that aren't going to lose them money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of work with uh, index universal life insurance products, ind- um, indexed annuities, which are principal protected, so you can't lose your principal. Mm-hmm. And during the major downturn in the market, nobody lost a dollar of their principal. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So. If you can protect your family and protect your money, then you've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And the one of the last things I want to say about this is that if you really want to make money and save money, it's not an overnight c- scenario. You got to plan for the long haul. You got to mm-hmm. start when you're young. Yeah. You got to start with your first job. You got to start when in your twenties, and you got to put money aside. Yeah. If you do that regularly. I will tell you from experience, the people that I've seen that have ended up with the most money that we've met with have started early, right from their very first job, putting aside 10 or $20 a week. And then when they can, they raise it. And I've had people with fairly modest jobs, husband or wife, mm-hmm. and end up at age 65 with $3 million in their accounts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it takes, you know, being conservative, but it also takes planning. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to give you one more quotation. The future rewards those who press on. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. I don't have time to complain. I'm going to press on. Barack Obama. I thought that was a good quotation also. We like to do everything we can to give good advice to people to help you. Everybody is different. Everybody is unique. And... Um, there are some people, if you don't already know, um, you can't tell them. I don't like that quotation, but I'm going to give you one more. Half the lies they tell about me aren't true. <laughs> That's uh, Yogi Berra. Another good one. So with that, I want to wrap up today and say thank you for listening. Remember that there's always something you can do to improve your position, make money, save money, and... As we're closing today, I want to say stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay wise, protect your family, and thank you for listening.